Hey, disciples, before we get started with this new episode, Wendy and I want to just take a moment and wish each of you a very blessed Thanksgiving. You know, we are so thankful for each of you who listen to the show, who share the show, who have you know, written comments and that. And for those of you who have uh, written uh, reviews, thank you so much. They are such an encouragement to us, and we appreciate it more than I can tell you. So thank you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and let's get into our new episode. The ability to worship the Lord through music is one of the great gifts that he has given his church. Like any endeavor, however, there's more to it than meets the eye. Howdy, disciples, and welcome to the Creator's Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Matson, and today we're going to sit down and get an inside look at what it is to be a worship leader and musician as we sit down and talk with my brother, Chris Matson. Now, the road that Chris has had to becoming the musician, worship leader, and songwriter he is today is filled with a constant reminder of one thing. You're never out of reach for the Lord to move in your life and to do amazing things. So get ready. There's so much waiting for you in this podcast as we talk with Chris. Chris Madsen, welcome to the Creator's Calling Podcast. Well, thank you, Kurt. I'm very blessed to be here and very excited to uh, to discuss whatever you have for us to discuss today. <laughs> well, I'm, it's, I'm really excited. You know, you've had such a long uh, history in ministry, in worship, and in music and all of that. And the Lord used you in some really wonderful ways. And it's it's fascinating hearing all of that and to see what the Lord's done uh, over these. Cause it's been a long time that you've been involved in worship at uh, different uh, Calvary chapels and uh, as well as other churches, too. You've written music. You've had your music on uh, radio stations. You've cut albums, you know, all that kind of thing. So I think this will be really exciting. And I'm really I'm just thrilled you're taking the time to spend with us so that we can, you know, um, get, just get to know you better. And of course, for everybody who doesn't know, Chris is my brother. And uh, so we grew up together, but you know, there's, I know there's mysteries because Chris is kind of a man of mystery. <laughs> there, so, are, there are many <laughs> mysteries. And, right. You know, a lot of them aren't good ones to discuss. So, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll try, we'll try not to go there. <laughs> well, th- and, and thank you for the nice introduction. You know, it seems as though it's only been, uh, a few years <laughs> yeah. and uh, you look in the mirror and you say, my word, man, <laughs> what's happened to you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the years uh, have gone by. You, you, you are correct. It's been a, a quite a number of years in ministry, but uh, the Lord continues to bless. And uh, I know you are the same way that I am. We don't feel our age at all. And that's a blessing. No. Yeah. Well, the best thing, at least on my part, my part, you know, is I know I don't look my age. So I'm really excited true. about that. That yeah, is so yeah. true. There is that part. <laughs> Send me an updated picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get started. Just let sure. give everybody kind of a, a uh, your background growing up and that kind of a thing. And, of course, that'll be, you know, a lot of that's going to be for both of us. So they'll learn Correct. something about both of us from that standpoint. Correct. And then let's segue into 
how did you come to know the Lord? Because that's where everything starts is right there. Sure. Well, uh, we grew up uh, middle class, uh, somewhat upper middle class. Uh, you know, our father had a radiator shop down there. So we, uh, I felt as though we were pretty well off. We never had any uh, needs and most of our wants uh, were supplied. Um, we ended up uh, in the horse business, as you've probably heard Kurt refer to. Uh, that was interesting as well. And times got a little rockier at that point financially. Yeah. Uh, we grew up in a Baptist church, and uh, that really was a foundation uh, for us both. And uh, introduced us, of course, to the Lord. We accepted Christ there. And uh, as we got into the horse business, I know Kurt and myself both. The Lord never He'll never leave you, nor forsake you. And, and we are a true testament to that as we came upon some hard times within the family. Um, but irregardless, we've watched the Lord's hand in our lives, even through the, uh, the, the sin uh, that, that each of us in this life uh, participates in, and then the forgiveness and all the graciousness of God, we, we, we've experienced that. And, and to this day, I am so thankful that he's had his hand on myself through this life. And yeah. uh, it's, been a, it's been a true blessing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how in depth you want to go. There's just there, there's there's a whole lot within life. When you're 63 years old, there's a lot you can discuss <laughs> when, asked, when asked about your family life. But we were raised in a Christian home, which yeah. was a total blessing. And for myself, having a brother like Kurt was such a huge blessing because he was really the solid uh, believer. Um, I vacillated a lot. And uh, I would, uh, you know, always felt the presence of the Lord. It wasn't anything, any time that I didn't feel that. And I, and I always knew he was, he, he was telling me which path to take, even though sometimes I would not take that path. Uh, Kurt was a real solid uh, uh, part of my life. And I thank him for that uh, in, in my walk. Yeah. Well, we both have always gotten along really well which has been a massive blessing that's for darn sure all the way yeah you know all the way through and then you now, wanted to go into how i came to know the lord because that, that's a fun yeah. story in itself yeah so because I, I don't uh, even know if i know that you know yeah we were at, at the baptist church uh there when we were living in a boy and i mm -hmm. believe that church was in fullerton i want to say yeah and um our youth pastor or you know, at that time, I don't even think they call him a youth pastor. But anyway, he was the uh, the one that was actually teaching us in Sunday school. And I was uh, 10 years old and they would he would take each of his class separately to lunch and he would pick you up at your house, take you to lunch. And so we went to lunch and I, I, I can even remember the what the place looked like. It was just a little hamburger joint, you know, down mm -hmm. Park. Mm -hmm. And uh, he explained the gospel to me in depth. And he asked if I wanted to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Wow. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was, um, it was exciting. Uh, I had known the gospel. 
Mm -hmm. but but to, to pray right then and accept Jesus was pretty awesome. Pretty yeah. Awesome. Oh, see, I didn't. I did. If I knew that, I have you know forgotten it in the, in yeah, the depths it, of my bad it's, memory. It's the kind of love that 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 the Lord puts in people. He had a love for each of his uh, that he was teaching. Uh, this this teacher, and I don't even remember his name. As as horrible as that seems. Uh, but then most days I don't remember my own name, so that's not a huge deal. But yeah, um, I understand. You know, it was very, <laughs> uh, very important, very important. And wow. even though, uh, you know, I, you grow in your understanding of what that's of what's that salvation looks like. Mm -hmm. And even to today, we grow in what that salvation looks like. I believe. Oh as yeah. We, as we pour through the word as we live our lives and as we pray, as we seek the Lord's will, we, it, it, salvation grows within us. Uh, yeah. The un understanding of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, that's absolutely right. Yeah. That's, that's how that came to be. Now, when now you were 10. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. You, you can, you can, if there, you can ask this question, however, whatever it took place. Now, did mm -hmm. you notice when you received the Lord, was there a change that came on? you at that moment or was it did was there just a more of a gradual shift well i it, there was definitely a change at that moment um i had known of course right and wrong i had always wanted to be on the right side but there was always that side of me as well that was uh, my nature is a little rebellious and once i accepted christ i felt a real need to talk to others about him Hmm. And that was probably the biggest change. And I would go to school and and tell people, you know, about the Lord, oh, yeah. as, as I know you did as well. And even even friends of yours, like the, the podcast with uh, Phil Bob, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he discussed that. I thought that was such a great story. But the interesting thing is this. And this is something you don't know either. <laughs> but I would tell kids at school, hey. You know what? If you'll accept Jesus tomorrow, I'll bring you a Hot Wheels. You know? <laughs> so it was acceptance of Christ through bribery. <laughs> you can tell that I was very confused <laughs> with the whole situation with the Holy Spirit residing within us. So anyway, um, but what I would do to compound that and even make that worse, they were your Hot Wheels I was giving up <laughs> Oh, see, now I know where they went. <laughs> yes. You know, and I kept you, thinking, where's my Hot Wheels? You never even missed them. One was a little motorcycle. I'll still remember that. So that's that side of me that I think to myself, boy, the Lord has chosen a real winner here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a true story. And that is so I've funny. I did not that. know that. I really have. Um, uh, I, I asked the Lord to forgive me of that. That was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a confused young man <laughs> but you know you were on fire for the lord and you're, you're doing everybody goes through that though you know you do the best you can at that moment right and uh you were just yeah you were just kind of trying something <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't want to give my own away <laughs> my word that'd be horrible well that would yeah, yeah. that could be tough that could be some tough. nice cars you know <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that is a great story. Yeah, and I had no idea. You see, listeners, listen to listen to all the insights you're getting right here. Yes, broke true. right here. Yeah, boy. right, right from a worship leader that had to repent of all these things. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> now, as you kind of come up, uh, you know, so think about early on, were there things that were like some breakthrough moments where um, you really made a, a jump in your faith and kind of were there things around that that, that you know, facilitated that, that the Holy Spirit kind of worked out? Yeah, there were a lot of those, and I, I don't have I don't have the recollection of the exact situations. Only what I remember as far as what took place, and there were kids at school that I would talk to about the Lord and would accept Christ because I would pray with them. You know. Oh wow! Um, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, but yeah. the Lord did. And yeah. uh, then uh, there were other things that I would continually pray about that I would see changes in and fruition and those, those things. And it was, it, it strengthens you as you see the Lord's hand move in your life. And mm-hmm. it strengthens you when you see that you're praying about this or that, and you see his direction and what you needed to do. And you followed that. And, and the outcome was good, you know, yeah, uh, for his good, not, not for your own good, but for his good. And, and sometimes, uh, those things would happen and I would think, wow, uh, this is just not good at all. But yet the Lord would turn around and show me how he did that for this reason, you know? So yeah, those would be the things that I would say, uh, I started uh, to, to seek and see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you became aware pretty early on. And then it seems consistently you were noticing, boy, the Lord moved here and the Lord moved there. And, that kind of a thing and you were getting drawn closer in as a result of that. I, I believe so. And, and then, you know, one of the other things is I, I think that we all come to that point in our lives where, uh, and, and it's fairly early on because the Holy spirit of course is residing within you and then leading and directing and guiding and you're praying and all those things. But I even saw all the mistakes. I, let me, let me put it this way. They weren't mistakes. They were actually sin. Uh, and, and, I hate to hear people talk about their salvation and say, well, I asked the Lord to forgive me for my mistakes. Well, hang on. To me, in my own life, it was blatant sin. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's what he's forgiving you of is is your sin. Uh, Yeah. uh, So I, I, I saw things even quite a number of years from salvation that I would just do things that were just they they didn't uh, adhere to God's word. They were against God's word, and I blatantly did them. So that salvation meant more to me. It it, it means so much to me today. But mm-hmm. as you do those things in your life, and as you see those uh, those sins, uh, and know that you're forgiven once you repent of those sins, mm-hmm. what a blessing, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things you've always been really strong about too. Is and I really like what you said there because you're seeing this movement within the church so much where people do not want to use that word. Mm -hmm. Uh, They want to use everything else. Like you said, mistakes or whatever it happens to be. Right. But we need to call sin, sin. And that's what we'll really, you know, that's what the Holy Spirit's going to use to to cause us to repent because the Lord doesn't want us to be drifting off into that, into that sin that can so entangle us just exactly what, what scripture says. So I really like what you said there as far as, you call sin, sin, and you repent of it, and then you get a deeper understanding and more more love and appreciation of the Lord because of what you've been forgiven of. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and that won't come if you're just saying, well, I made a mistake, and, you know, move on. Well, that I think that, and, and 
I think you would agree with me that we can look at our lives and if we actually look at our lives and look at it, boil it down, look at our lives, we'll see that those were choices we made. Yeah. And it is sin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not talking about anybody else. I'm talking about myself. I'm, I'm not trying to put this on anyone else, but I know for myself, I knew right and wrong. The Holy yeah. Spirit did reside when I accepted Christ at 10. And I, I knew, you know, so. Yeah. 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 That's really good. That's really good. Now let's move. Now, how did the Lord move you into your calling? Um, what were some of the things that took place? Some of the steps that he led you through? Well, some of the steps that I had no idea what was, what was happening because mm-hmm. at, at, at the time uh, we were living in uh, Moreno Valley, which was sunny meat at the time we had moved mm-hmm. out and had the five acres or whatever, however many acres that was, whatever. And, uh, had the horses, we're going to horse shows, doing all these things. But there was something about music, you know. I, I didn't understand what I was doing. But at 16, had a 60, I think that was a 64 Chevy truck. And at that time, we had, you know, tape decks. Um, in fact, I didn't even think you bought me my first tape deck for that truck, I want to say. Mm. But anyway, I would sit out there and listen to the Beach Boys, listen to the Eagles, and harmonize on them. Oh. I had no idea that I even had any vocal gifting at all. But the Lord was preparing me to hear harmonies. He was preparing me for what, and I wasn't playing guitar, I wasn't playing piano, I wasn't playing anything, you know, at that mm-hmm. point. Um, you and I were really looking at the horse business as what would be our business as we you know, grew up. And got yeah. You had photography, you were doing horse photography. You were still doing some art. Um, I was, you know, promoting foals that, you know, that we were going to sell and yep. show and that type of thing. But I remember sitting out there underneath that hay barn where I parked that truck and listening and harmonize with uh, uh, the Beach Boys. And so that was the very first, uh, my, my love and appreciation for music. And I, I realized I wasn't worship, but the Lord was still preparing myself. Yeah. Giving me ears to hear those things so that was probably the first thing and i really didn't start even playing until i was in my 20s so is is that right it just seems like it's been you know it was so much longer than that right and and when we lived in Boyne park when we were young about the same time accepted christ and that we did have a couple classical guitars there but being the little spoiled uh person that i was that was too much work it hurt my hands. So <laughs> I didn't, I didn't further uh, guitar whatsoever. Uh, it was like maybe five chords, you know, in two keys and done. Uh, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, <laughs> so it was later in life, but, but again, I don't, I would have to say the Lord was trying to prepare me there as well. Yeah. At least he gave me some idea of what a guitar was. And, you know, yeah. So, yeah. That th- those were the earliest recollections of what would later become ministry. Um, yeah. So you started playing. You said in your early twenties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, so how did now that then progress? So how did well, you learn? Well, that ended up to be all secular as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yet, I was still praying, still uh, loving the Lord, looking to His Word, uh, these types of things. But we were playing all sorts of places out in. Uh, out in at that that time we were in Hemet, you know, and yeah. I was 
uh, married and uh, Emma and Sam hadn't even come along yet, but playing these little places. I was taking music theory. I had been to the Guitar Institute for a quarter, um, but it was all secular stuff. And it was interesting, even at uh, the Guitar Institute in Hollywood, when I went down there for a quarter, uh, the Christian guys that the Lord put in my place. Uh, oh, it was yeah. Unbelievable. You know, these guys were into uh, Christian music and you, you know, as well as I, unfortunately right now, my mind, we're going to end up with a lot of different time frames. but we used to go to Disneyland and see sweet comfort band and see uh, a lot of these bands that played there. Mm-hmm. If you remember that mm-hmm. that was a big deal. So I had all that in my mind as well, and uh, I loved a lot of those bands. But uh, went to GIT, got some theory, went over here to uh, San Bernardino Valley College, got some theory, um, and just started learning to play. Met some people over there, started playing with uh, one young man in particular who was very gifted, and we started gigging. We started playing places. No Uh, kidding. So you got these basics down. Mm-hmm. And then you just started, you just practiced and then just started going out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we were playing, you know, steakhouses in Riverside. We played there a couple of times. We were, we played some of the air force bases at their clubs in there. <laughs> Did you just, really? Yeah. It was just whatever. Uh, this Mark, uh, he was uh, Mark Gomez, but he called himself, he named himself Mark Anthony. That was his stage name, and he was the biggest character. He's a funny guy. And he and I talked about the Lord a lot as well. He was Catholic, but he was younger than I was, and he was going full-time. But he played keys, guitar, bass, drums. This guy was really gifted. Couldn't sing. Good grief. So I would handle all the vocal work and the acoustic work, and then, you know, and he, he had an acoustic. But we got a lot of gigs and played a lot of places. So that was going on. Um, I remember one time I had a solo gig at a bar. I walked in and started to set up my equipment. And I saw an old man with his head down on the bar out. And the Lord just convicted me and said, what are you doing? And Hmm. I went up to the owner and I said, I'm sorry, but I cannot play here tonight. Loaded the stuff up. And that was the last time that I'd, you know, played a bar like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just uh, really convicting. So there again, even though here I am in defiance of the Lord, really, um, he's still ministering to myself Mm -hmm. and, you know, interesting times. Well, and you know, that's all part of that growth that everybody goes through um, is being able to, to hear the voice of the Lord. Sometimes you make these decisions maybe independently of the Mm -hmm. voice of the Lord, but then he will, in the middle of all that, speak to your heart. And I'll tell you, the most encouraging thing about that, what you just said there, is the fact that you were soft and you, this all impacted you, and you just didn't plow through it. But you were soft to what the Lord said to you and then moved in that direction. And it's so easy not to do that. Well, I think that the Lord... Uh of course forgives you of your sins and and you yourself have salvation, but he gives you such a love for people um, as he loves his people. And Mm -hmm. buddy, uh, uh, he gives everybody the opportunity to follow him, to accept him. 
mm-hmm. uh, in salvation. But your heart goes out to these people. And I, I can remember just being like torn up regarding this little old man in this bar thinking, where will he be in eight years, five years? Yeah. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. What I'm talking about is during that, that night on the way home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you have that love for people and you think to yourself, you know, that th- they're sitting in this world and this is all they'll ever have. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they leave here without the acceptance of Christ, forgiveness of sin, they're they're not going to a good place and it right. breaks your heart it, it, yeah. it just really does so i think that's yeah. where ministry comes in as well it does that's right now how did that how did you move from that and then begin into like with your writing with worship right. you know beginning into worship leading mm-hmm. and then your writing and uh all the different music that you have because you can arrange and listeners just so you know chris can he can play piano he can play anything and arrange this stuff. It is really remarkable uh, what he does. I look at it and go, good grief. You know, I just, it's, it's beyond my comprehension to be able to see him. You know, he puts together all the instrumentation, writes uh, scores, all this stuff for like a, you know, a major production if, he, if uh, that's what's called for. So how did the Lord move you from that and then drawing you into the writing and the worship and all of uh, and that end of things where you're really now even involved in the ministry so uh, significantly and have been for a long time. Well, thanks for the kind words as well. That was very nice. Um, really, this came about through a divorce. Uh, a lot of it came about through divorce. And uh, I'll never mm. forget uh, the first time uh, Emma and Sam, which are my, uh, my daughter and son, they were little and I had had them for the weekend with their mom. And so I took them to Calvary Chapel Hemet. Um, I had not been to church in a while. We were attending for quite a while uh, Harvest with Greg Laurie. Oh, yeah. Um, but off and on, off and on. It wasn't anything solid. So I, I, I just said, Lord, I'm at this point of brokenness. I need to get back to you and serving you and doing. So anyway, I took them to Calvary Chapel Hammett and the rule there was the kids had to be, they could not stay in the sanctuary. They needed to be in their classes. Well, Em and Sam were going through this divorce thing. I could see it on them that this is hard for them. And I got upset when they told me, Hey, you're going to have your kids go, you know, to the, uh, their, their classes. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. And they go, no, I'm sorry. That's just, you know, they were very nice, but mm-hmm. I remember saying to one of the gentlemen, Ron was his name because I, we became friends later. I said, and you, I said, and you call this place a church where my kids in the middle of a divorce can't come in here and sit with their father and hear the word of God. <laughs> I turned around and left and they stopped me at the car and explained to me, you know, how they felt about it. I apologized mm-hmm. and started attending there. And, uh, it was uh, probably a month or two. I might be off on this time uh, time frame, but they had auditions for the worship team, and I went, "I'm I'm no good, you know." But I'll go audition. So this is an interesting story as well. Uh, Pastor Dennis Cromie, who is now at four twelve, was the auditioning team. He and his wife <laughs> at oh, that no. time, and. They had, I think, 28 or 30 people that auditioned. 
and they picked two of us. <laughs> wow. So that was just like, what? When I when I got the call, that would really like you to come join the worship team. I said, you've got to be kidding. You people are hurting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, I, I reminded Pastor Dennis of this uh, down, you know, when we ran, have run into each other. And I see him quite, quite often, actually. But it's a very small world. And the Lord is definitely the one that has led and guide, guided that. So from there, it was just of playing and I was on worship teams there, uh, ended up leading, ended up playing with one of the bands that was formed there. Their electric guitar player fell out and uh, did something, went and did something else, asked me to come in. And then there were some issues with the band that dissolved, but was always there every week in the church and mm -hmm. doing the thing. And then all at once I started writing and that was definitely the Lord as well. So the song that most people, if they Google all for us uh, uh, with my name, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll see a video for, for that song. In fact, I just played that song two weeks ago, but that song was on the radio for five years, but that was written. The Lord wrote that song while I was fixing breakfast for him and Sam. They were eating breakfast. Right? I had the guitar in my hand. I started this evamp uh in you know into a b into an a into a c sharp minor down to a b to an a i see it in my head started singing the melody line and that song was out in a matter of 10 minutes if that no kidding the whole song and it's a great communion song uh, they've used it quite a lot and it was just a blessing from the lord and then other songs started to come and pretty soon we had a record and at the time emma was singing my daughter was singing with me Mm -hmm. At this time, she's 13, 12, 13, 14, right in those ages. We did the record. Uh, we did a little tour, which I just kind of made up myself and found places to play. We went up and down the state. I quit my job. We put the record out. We did some radio shows, interviews. Um, we were playing some different places. And one day she came up to me, to me not, not two months after I'd quit my job, to pursue this and said, Dad, I really don't want to do this. So that, that was okay. I'm not in a situation, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it all turned out good for the Lord. You know, uh, the Lord makes good of all things. And yes. He, and he really did. And uh, it's just been a wonderful ride from there. It really has. Wow. That, that's really interesting. You know, and listeners, just so you know, a lot of this stuff is really isn't just as new to me that Chris has talked about. I spent a lot of years out of Southern California, out mm -hmm. of California, period. And so this, a lot of these things were happening and I wasn't living in the state. I was knocking around riding horses. Mm -hmm. And so um, I hear you'd hear bits and pieces of it. But a lot of this, I just I didn't know the depth of it. So uh, it's very impacting hearing what the Lord was doing during the, the years that I was gone, you know, and uh, how he was working through your life. Uh, it's really, uh, really wonderful to hear. Now, when you talk about all of these things, um, what kind of doubts might you have had? Were there times where you were just going, oh, I'm really having a problem here? Then how did the Lord bring you through those doubts? Uh, by doubts, are you talking about within the music? Yes. Okay, music and worship. Uh, well, we doubts. can do it both, you, whatever yeah. you're comfortable with. I think any well, of that 
is yeah. to min- is just you know to minister to people. So uh, right, all right. On, on on the worship side, we know that Satan uh, is uh, a deceiver, and he does not want us in any kind of ministry whatsoever. And we're the ones that he wants to pull out as much yeah. as you know as many as he can. So the doubts come in even today, even as I led worship yesterday. Uh, actually, I got a text Saturday night at nine. And it was Pastor Chris saying, hey, I ran across this Don Mung, and I thought it'd be great if you could just come up and song tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, you know, we're talking 9, 930. I've been all over the world already during the day, been playing and rehearsing. And this is an old Don Mung song. I've probably played it at some point in my life, but I don't even <laughs> remember it. So. <laughs> You know, stupid me. Sure, no problem. <clears throat> so, anyway, it all it all went fine. <clears throat> Pardon me. It all went fine. The Lord blessed it. But the doubts. Uh, getting back to your question, the doubts creep in when situations like that happen because you yeah. say to yourself, "Well, how do you think you you can't pull that off?" You know, mm-hmm. and that is just Satan. And sure enough, everything went just fine. It was a very easy melody line, very easy song to play. And there was nothing difficult about it. But when those stresses come upon you, if you're not relying totally on the Lord, Satan will creep in. And it happens quite often. I'm sure it happens to you as well within your art. Um, we're all looking for uh, that acknowledgement or anytime there's an issue. Uh, we flee from knowing that this is God's will. And yeah. we started to think, well, you know, I should have been a greeter, which, by the way, <laughs> I'm not good at that at all. <laughs> Go out and uh, work the parking lot. Yeah. Maybe I should be, you know, picking up trash somewhere on the church. It's church, which is fine. That, that's mm-hmm. I, I'm nothing not, wrong I'm with I'm not it. demeaning that. That's not no, what I'm no. saying. But what I'm saying is, and this is what I tell the people on the worship team, you've got to be confident that this is where the Lord has you. Yeah. Then you have to get up and give him your best. Yeah. Now you said something very uh, important there, and that is you have to be confident Mm -hmm. when you say that, what does that look like to you? Well, confidence in the Lord, the the confidence that the Lord has put you here, the confidence that the Lord is going to lead you there. The confidence Mm -hmm. that the Lord is going to give you the abilities to do what he's asked you to do. Mm -hmm. It's confidence in him. No, no right. self-confidence whatsoever. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, how does he minister that, that confidence to you so that you know that you know? So one of the, one of the big on a weekly basis is the fact that he will challenge you with something. And then he will carry you through that. Now, it could oh, be yeah. a song that uh, is in the key of B. And your vocal range and you're thinking okay i'm going to drop that uh that song to a mm-hmm. so that i can sing it easier yet you don't feel like you don't like the groove in a it just doesn't do the same thing i i realize that if you look at it on paper it's going to do the same thing as far as rhythmically but mm-hmm. as far as how it moves vocally you're happier in b and you say well mm-hmm. lord you know what you'll have to enable me to do this. So you work on it and come Sunday morning, the song is just comes off very well. 
Those are encouraging times that the Lord gives you and gives you the understanding that he's in charge, not you, Mm -hmm. and that we rely upon him. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know if that answered your question, but that... It did. That's That's, the mind. That's what I think so often we can talk in the... Uh, you know, in, in some principles, but to see a principle then laid out the way you just said, this is how it works for me, is so helpful because we, we don't know. You know, we don't know what we don't know. And uh, it helps to guide other people. Well, maybe this is how the Lord's going to speak in my life, or this is something I can, a signpost I can look forward to, um, that perhaps this is what the Lord says. And then you'll see it in his word. And those t- the types of things that you see there will start to correlate for your own life. So right. I think that was very good. I think that was very good. Uh, now, when you're writing and when you're putting all these worship sets together, how, what does that look like? What are kind of some of the processes you go through to do that? Well, first and foremost, you know, it's prayer. Yes. And then it's looking at scripture and where the pastor's going to be, which Pastor Chris is really, really, really good about sending uh, out what his sermon notes are. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Pastor Tom really won't do the sermon notes. What Pastor Tom will do is make sure you understand where we're going to be in the word. So either way, it's great. You know? Okay. And so you pray that the Lord will lead you in choosing the songs that will minister prior to the scripture. And after, because we generally do at, at 412, we do two songs. Bible Fellowship, we do one song after that will minister to the people, you mm-hmm. know. And, and that's what we are. We're conduits. That's all we are. We're conduits yeah. Uh, yeah. that the Lord's going to use up there. And so that's how, how that works. And then I just start pouring through songs uh, from there. And, and, you know, a lot of times I don't really have uh, like a specific, okay, well, he's in, uh, you know, we'll use Revelation song here because it looks like it'll work with this passage in Revelation. And it, it sometimes it doesn't even work like that. Sometimes it's just the Lord going, that's it. That's it. That's it. There you go. The, okay. That's a set. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. And then when Sunday morning comes, you're like, wow, Pastor Chris actually said, or Pastor Tom actually said what was in that lyric. And that's when that happens. And, and Pastor Tom doesn't go through every lyric that you're going to sing. So he, he didn't know. Yeah. But he will say these things. And it's like, wow, those were in his notes. Those are here in this worship song. And that that's confidence that uh, we're, that the, that the Lord's leading. There you go. That's really good. That's really good. Now, when you're doing this, when you're going through and you're leading worship, uh, putting the sets together, writing any of this how does the lord minister to you while you're creating in all of this i think it's again twofold one is the the practical sit down start pouring through the songs mm-hmm. you can actually uh when you're done with a set it's 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 really interesting when you're done with the set you think to yourself i could have never done that Hmm. then on the other hand, you'll find that in your personal reading in scripture, a lot of times that comes into play. You, you'll, you'll, you'll look at the song and you'll remember these verses that you've been reading in your personal reading mm-hmm. and it all works. So I think it all is like a finger joint. It all works hand in hand. I think it all 
comes together during that. Uh, that oh, okay. Time really seeking him to put a set together. Uh, okay. There's a lot, there's a lot more to it. Even when I talk to you in this conversation than what I realize in, in doing it, if that makes sense. It does. You know, it, it, sometimes it's like when we're just talking like this, um, you don't really realize it's sort of like when you go and teach, uh, you don't realize how much there is in what you do. Let's say if you teach a workshop, you know, like I know mm. you've taught a lot of like little mini workshops for worship leading and that, and you see just how many components there are to what you do, but you kind of just take it for granted because it's part of you. Um, you know, it's something that has just come second nature to you over the years. And with this, you've got this, all of the Lord moving through you. You're used to how he moves. You, you know his voice. There's all, and it's interesting to hear it out, put out uh, step by step, kind of like you were doing there, um, because it gives you a sense of the amount of uh, movement of the Holy Spirit through you doing all of these different things. Well, we certainly pray that that's the fact. And one, one thing I want to make sure, make clear to those that are listening is that gifting is uh, an integral part of, of, of anything. But if the Lord, I, I'm not real sure how to put this, mm-hmm. but I've, I've heard it from musicians that are both uh, secular and uh, in the Christian field as well. Mm-hmm. But the hard work aspect of anything is needed. And a lot of times people will look at worship leaders and, oh, they're so gifted. Yeah, but they've put in a lot of, the Lord has given them the zeal to put in the hard work on it. So what I, I feel led to make sure that your listeners understand is, if the Lord's put that on your heart, please follow that. No matter how discouraged you get, no matter how much you think that, that you can't play or you can't sing or you can't this or that. If the Lord's put that on your heart, please let him enable you to become what he would have you to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not that gifted. So the hard work, I have to work harder at things to get them, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I don't know that that matters, you know, right. because what matters is what the Lord wants you to do. So I would just encourage anyone that's out there listening, you know, if you're picking up an instrument, and you're going, man, I am not getting this. Please stick with it. If you're if you're a vocalist and, and, and you hear I'm not hearing these harmonies, please stick with it and continue to work on that. If that's truly what the Lord wants you to do, he's going to enable you. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That is so good. Um, and that is such it's so needed to hear. Because the discouragement issue, and of course, Satan, boy, if you're trying to follow the Lord and work into his calling, you know there's going to be the spiritual attacks that come along with that to discourage you and to keep you from that. Because the Lord, the Lord's going to use you to change people's lives and to change this world. So that's absolutely right. So that's really, um, really strong. That's really good. What's the greatest joy about what you do? I count it all joy, and I mean that. That's just not scripture. That's just not me reciting a verse. But it it is all joyful. Now, on the other side of that, there are days when your mood gets the best of you. Mm -hmm. Um, But worship, uh, this is pure joy. (laughs) And, and I've got friends, of course, and I can see that they are the same way that I am. 
Mm. And it's something that the Lord's instilled in us. So it's hard to put uh, uh, your finger on the greatest joy in what we do. But I guess if you're going to do that, the greatest joy is serving the Lord, period. Mm. Mm -hmm. If it weren't, if it were not worship, it would need to be somewhere else. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to be apart from serving him. Yeah. And it's a lot of things that I encourage people that if you are in a church and it is your home church and you're not serving, please be praying about where you can serve because we don't do it for this reason, but we are blessed every time we serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be in the church. That's I'm, I'm not, I'm just saying within the church, sure. it can be outside the church as you serve him. Yeah. It can be whatever you're doing is to serve him. But I would just say, please serve him because really there's no better joy than that. And you are blessed by it. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, that's, that's right. Uh, now, how do you feel that the arts and we'll talk in a broad sense here in terms of mm -hmm. your music and, you know, worship and arts in general, but we can talk about music too, uh, in terms within that construct in the broader sense though, how does it advance Jesus kingdom in the world from your perspective? I personally believe that no matter what, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say every supposed form of art, but the, 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 the true forms of art point mm -hmm. directly to him because he's given uh, you artists the ability to do what you do. But yeah. the actual ability and the actual, uh, the individuals, uh, back, I'm back to ability to uh, paint this picture, to write this song uh, these gifted people that are in the world i think to myself if they would just give their lives to the lord think of mm -hmm. what they could do with the platform they have yeah uh, yeah I, I i think that all art you know comes from above uh, but we've perverted a lot of it so of course that would not be from above mm -hmm. but you're probably a better person to answer that than I, because I'm basically in, on, in the worship side of it. So everything that we do points to Jesus. It does. You know. And, you know, I, I think about it in terms of even when you go down and play like in Temecula on the weekends, right, right. you play a mix of music down right. there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but all of that is putting forth when you're put playing those, it only comes, you're, you know, because of who you are, and then how you present it, that worldview is going out because you're so uh, free not only to sing about Jesus in the world, but then to talk to people about that as well. And uh, the way the society is, there is so much of a, um, a, a, a problem against the things of Christ and trying to then trying to advance right. the things of Jesus through the arts because they're so p terribly influential. The music you write is so influential to the people that hear it uh, and being able to come against that darkness that is out there is so important. So that's very interesting what you, uh, what you said there. Um, it's very good. Now, if you, do you have, and you may not have this problem, I don't know because everybody's kind of different. But yeah. uh, does your creativity come and go? And if it goes, how do you get charged back up again? It does. And here's why. Uh, I have a tendency to run myself down, to just run, run yourself. Down. Right now, I'm, I work two jobs, uh, plus the worship. 
plus whatever else is going on. So mm-hmm. you can get to the point where, you know, the total hours of sleep for myself on a regular basis is five. So you take that and compile it through the weeks and it can, you can get worn out. Yeah. So your creativity, not that you don't want to be creative, but you come in and sit down and pick up an instrument or sit down at the piano and you find yourself nodding off. That's not real creative. <laughs> yeah. No, that can turn not, ugly fast. Yeah. Not unless things comes in dreams and visions, which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. of course, that's scripture. That can't happen. But um, so I think that you do have to have that balance. Uh, as far as creativity, and I find a lot of it just through music, through worship, through listening to what other people are doing, through mm. uh a, a lot of um, uh, Tim Ninehouse, he's a guitar player uh, at Harvest. Mm-hmm. He posts some stuff. He's got a YouTube thing. And, and you know, I listen to a lot of those things. And it kind of gets you a little charged up when you hear oh, what yeah. other people are doing. And, yeah. and I think that's neat what, what they're doing with their ministry. A lot of times I hear a lot about what local people are doing within their ministry and get you charged up to go do something. You know, we had a worship night. Three weeks ago, I believe it was, or Bible Fellowship, and we had another church come in and play as well. We played, they played, and then we had our Russian church play, which was awesome. And uh, there was a lot of people that turned out, and it was a glorious night, and that gets you charged up. Sure. The, The weeks leading up to that, I had to, I didn't have to, but I did. I had to build a stage. I had already had some of the stage built, but I had to add a whole lot more pieces because I build them in four by fours, so they're easy to transport. Mm-hmm. And so I had to put all that together and get all that ready to go. And that Saturday when we were going to have it on Sunday night, we put the stage out there, got lighting, got all these things going on. That can be uh, can wear you out. So you really yeah. have to seek the Lord and ask for him to give you that ability and as far as creativity it works the same way if you're completely drained uh you need to be asking the lord to give you that energy to be able to be creative in the way that he wants you to be creative yeah yeah boy that's the truth that's the truth well we're fixing to kind of wrap things up here what are you working on right now that you're excited about Right now, what we're working on is a lot of sound equipment at Bible Fellowship Church. They've asked me to come on and help them. Uh, we're working on building their worship team. I want to do some seminars with them. I want to do some voice coaching with them. I want to have some things in the next year for that church so that they can, they can grow their worship team. Because it's all about giving the Lord our best. And so yeah. in order to do that, we better know what our best is. <laughs> yeah. If we blatantly go in there and we have the opportunity of, uh, or, or we have the mindset of, not the opportunity, but the mindset of, uh, I thought, I think it was a good effort today. Well, that's not quite good enough for some, uh, for, for our God, our Lord that died on a cross for our sins. Mm. Uh, you mm. know, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's got to be, seeking the best him through us. And I don't actually, Kurt, I don't don't think we ever get there. I think (laughs) I have a very picky personality. So I'm always critiquing myself. Yeah. This side of heaven, I'm not getting there. Yeah. No, I think that's dead on right too. And uh, it goes back to, you you never attain perfection, but you shoot for excellence. 
We sure do. We sure and that's do. The di- there's a massive difference between those two things. He deserves our excellence. That's well yeah. put. He, yeah. that, that's well put. I'll remember that. that uh, is, is, he, he deserves our, our excellence. Yes. Um, is there a passage of Scripture that's really ministered to you uh, recently? Or you know, perhaps it's a verse that's just kind of been with you for a long time that's been real significant? Well, Psalm 108 is one that, uh, and, and, and I realize, you know, in, in these current days that uh, it's, it's assurance of God's victory over enemies. It's, it's mm. a on that. So it talks about uh, steadfast heart. It does talk about saying praises, mm-hmm. uh, glory. And it talks about the instruments used. And it talks about praising the Lord. And all those things through the diversity, uh, and it, it talks about it through the issues, the problems, all those. And today in society, I, I read that verse, for your mercy is great above the heavens and your truth reaches to the clouds. Oh, yeah. Well, we're missing uh, truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Oh, yeah. yeah. Boy, yeah. you're too much of that. You know, as it says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens and your glory above all the earth. I mean, to me, that that's encouraging. Yeah. That's encouraging. Yeah. So, that's really great. Psalm 108. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. good. Yeah. How can uh, how can people keep in touch with you? Well, uh, Chris Matson on YouTube, uh, Chris Matson Worship uh, on YouTube. I don't do a lot on there right now. I'm praying and, and looking to do more. Uh, there's some teaching on there. If you guys are looking for some real quick guitar lessons, mm-hmm. uh, basically running us through GCD relative minors, uh, going to some theory on there as well. Uh, I think there's five lessons up. I, I haven't visited in a while. Uh, there's some songs up. Uh, just myself playing there's uh, I'll Fly Away is up which we recorded and it's completely done mm-hmm. uh, great little version real country version so there's some things for you guys if you want to look that up and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy that but oh, yeah. we'll get back on there and uh, start to grow that a little bit sounds good well everybody be sure and do that you'll enjoy especially I'll Fly Away you'll love that but and the teaching and that Chris is a real good teacher so Uh, There's a lot of good information there. Well, Chris, I sure appreciate you taking the time to spend with us and to go through that. It was just excellent. Lots of good encouragement. Lots of uh, the Lord's really ministered some wisdom here. So I'm so appreciative of you taking the time to do this. Well, thank you so much, Kurt, for having having us on. And the hour went very quick. and, uh, And now I can reflect on my whole life. Well, that's it. Well, and this is kind of what it's all about now. I'll just watch the podcast and I'll know. How I, how I lived. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, I am so thankful for you listening. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And don't forget to like, share, to give a review, or rate the podcast on your uh, favorite platform. And you can keep in touch with me on Instagram and Gab, at The Creator's Calling. And the music on this podcast is by the guy you just heard, Chris Matson. And you can, as he just said, follow him on Instagram and YouTube at Chris Matson Worship. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And please join me again next time as together we follow Jesus and listen for the Creator's calling. Bye for now. <laughs>